Hey, geeks. Thanks for joining us today. On the phone are Bill Motts and Bob Roth, the creator, minds, and executive producers behind the Emmy Award-nominated Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Oh, hey, thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. Um, I really, I mean, you, you guys hit uh, two nerves of love from my childhood, Legos and Star Wars. Tell me, how did you guys, I was doing research on you both, how did you guys find each other? <laughs> that's a good that's a good question um we met at, at in a, uh, the summer of 1990 at uh, a usc summer production workshop i was already uh graduated from college and i was working as a cameraman editor and bob was actually still in college i had a year to finish and uh so we both <laughs> had seen an ad in premiere magazine there's a throwback for you uh, for this uh, summer yeah. workshop at USC, and uh, of course, it, uh, we were both uh, huge George Lucas fans, of course, and wanted to go there because that's where George went to school. Maybe some of the magic would rub off. And so, uh, so we met at the at the school. We had to sort of do a real quick whirlwind, meet the students, and then uh, begin partnering up to figure to make a short, make a short film. Uh, live action film. So Bob and I hit it off uh, because we we both said, "What's your favorite movie? Star Wars, Star." Wars. <laughs> and so uh, friendship was born. Right friendship was there. born, and uh, we ended up uh, working well together over that summer. And then about well, not quite. A, I guess a year later, right? About a year yeah, later. About a year later. Uh, we were sort of invited to pitch on the show Darkwing Duck for a Disney television animation. And Bob had just moved to Los Angeles from New York, and I was still in Colorado at the time. And we began pitching to Disney, and eventually they uh, bought one of our ideas. So I ended up eventually moving out here, and we've been working together ever since. Yeah. Wow, so Darkwing Duck, huh? Yeah. Darkwing Duck. <laughs> exactly. That's where it all started. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. I mean, that's uh, again another childhood memory. What is your what what has been your process when it comes to writing as a duo? Screaming at each other and punching. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, honestly, what we do is we talk a lot, a lot. We we uh, we've got a big cork board here. We use index cards and sharpie pens, and we just sort of you know the first thing we do once we settle on just sort of the rough area of a story, we. Uh, write up all the cards we can think of of just okay let's see what how many ideas do we have for this idea throw them up on the board then we kind of start you know see moving the, the cards around yeah. to see can that actually become a story what's the shape here yeah. and, and, the, and the, what we love about the index cards is it there's a tactile thing about it that you know if an idea is not working you can rip it in half it's it very satisfying up, yeah. that way and you can move them around. You, know, you can actually burn love, the idea. Yeah, people love whiteboards. A lot of other writers use, use whiteboards, but I love I love being able to take a card and go, no, it goes over here and and all that. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I know a number of the writing programs also try to supposedly emulate three by five cards, but mm -hmm. we feel like it. We What's like the point. <laughs> yeah, the actual three by five card being able to. There's something, the crudeness of it of just writing out in a sharpie and sticking it on with a pin. You don't commit to the idea like you do when you type it. I yeah, think. and there's there's a visual element of it. We, we've gotten pretty good at being able to look at 
all right, that's enough cards for a story, or that's not enough, or that's too many. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, by the time it gets to screen, we can't remember who wrote yeah. what. It's, it's, uh, so I think we just mutually both take credit for everything. Yes. Doing that you're doing the Star Wars Lego Freemaker Adventures, would you consider yourselves legitimate Star Wars fans, or are you doing it for the work? Oh my goodness! Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So here's somebody uh, about <laughs> a month ago. Somebody on Twitter, and, and I don't want to call them out by name because they actually felt horrible about it. Said, "I get the sense that they're they're not really true Star Wars fans," and that just made me laugh. I actually showed it to my wife, and she bust out laughing because. <laughs> Since May 1977, I would say at least 85% of my brain has been consumed with Star Wars at all times, at any given moment. Birth of my son, 85% of my brain was going, uh, can I get this kid into Star Wars? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we, we work out of my guest house, and Bill will attest to this. Yep. It is floor to ceiling covered with Star Wars posters, Star Wars toys... Anywhere I can, I'm running out of room. It's really a problem. Um, I mean, anywhere, original comic you know, book pages. You know, yeah, there's I, a I, I, storyboard panel. If I don't count as a true Star Wars fan, then there are no Star Wars fans. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Bob and Steve Sansweet could rumble over which whose rancho. You know, yeah. Is, actually, is, so Carrie Beck, our uh, executive at Lucasfilm, our executive at Lucasfilm. You know, you're you're aware of what uh, Rancho Obi Wan is. Um, I'm sure, right? The yeah. Steve Sand Suite's got this amazing collection up in uh, up in the San Francisco area. Yeah, yeah. Um, you next know, to Skywalker a, Ranch, a warehouse full of toys. So, and and you know, I'm not going to make the claim that my collection rivals his. I've got a much smaller space. Um, so Carrie Beck actually she came decided, over. She she uh, coined the term or gave it the name, christened it Rancho Rowan. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's, um, and then the fine folks at Lego uh, yeah, ended up building for Bob out of Lego a Rancho Rowan sign, which hangs now on yeah, the hangs outside, outside the, 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 guest the guest house. house so. Anybody who's seen the Freemaker Adventures to make that claim that you're not Star Wars fans is kind of crazy because while I was watching that, I'm like, this is written by fans. <laughs> like, there's so much in this. That if you're a Star Wars fan, you're hearing words and names and places of planets and characters and that you know obviously you guys are fans <laughs> i'll rumble with i'll rumble on your side for you okay thank well, you. It, it's funny yeah but, you know bob every day wears a star wars shirt we've had even just yesterday someone asked us uh do you just wear those because you work on the on the show and nope i'm like no that's <laughs> that's been my wardrobe for quite a long time i mean long honestly time. we before we started the show, once we, we knew, like, they liked our pitch and they were making an offer and we were working out the terms of, you know, payment and all that, we both had a hesitation of, like, wait a minute, what if we do this and it's such a, you know, bone-grinding experience that, that we wind up hating Star Wars? Is this really worth doing knowing that, that that's the risk? Um, and we, we both paused and said eh, yeah because that's, that's a big that's a big thing because neither of us want to think about what our lives would be if we suddenly hated star wars i mean the the risk of as it were being part of the magic like that is mm-hmm. you know you can maybe not you know the fear is oh if i know how the sausage is made maybe it's not as mm-hmm. special 
the the great surprise okay. yeah. was, I mean, thankfully, we decided, yes, uh, are you kidding? We, we, took, idiots. we rolled the dice and said, it's going to work out fine, and it did. And it, it actually has been, it's exceeded our wildest expectations of how, how good it would be and how fun it would be and how collaborative and supportive it would be. So if anything, if it was even possible, it has enhanced our connection with Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, become more with the Force. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is your favorite movie from the series? Oh, boy. All right, so, so here's one of those places where Bob and I will have debate. <laughs> it's, it's not much of a debate. L- yes. Listen, I mean, my to me, the entire magical experience goes back to that night in May, in May 1977. Um, and, you know, walking into that theater and sitting down without any direction in my life. I, w- I was only seven. I didn't need direction at that age, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, I was just a seven-year-old dopey little kid. Um, and then it all unfolded in front of me, and by the end of it, I don't know that I could have told you I want to be a writer or I want to make a Lego Star Wars cartoon show, but by the end of it, I knew I wanted to do that. I wanted to make things like that. Um... So, that first movie is always, always, always going to have that special place in my heart. Um, and see, for me, it's Caravan of Courage. Right. No, I... <laughs> no, I... Uh, it, it's very funny. I mean, obviously, I love, love, love the original Star Wars for all, all the reasons that uh, Bob said. And but the Empire Strikes Back for me was a revelation in many ways because and me as well yeah that the the depth then that that movie brought uh, to what I thought was a perfect experience you know the danger I thought the challenge of a sequel is just how in the world do you ever even mm-hmm. begin to touch the experience of the original thing especially when the original thing was such a surprise and a revelation and, yeah, and it, it I'm. By the way, I'm wearing an Empire Strikes Back t-shirt right now, so I love that movie, too. Um, The beauty of that movie is it recreates the same excitement and and deepens the characters, but it doesn't just, you know, I mean... It's not a regurgitation. It doesn't regurgitate, it doesn't retread. Um, You know, you think about what sequels were before the Empire Strikes Back... Um, especially in, in this genre, you like, or, you know, you know, you can go to action films, you know, the James Bond movies, and I, I have great affection for the James Bond movies, but they're essentially playing the same theme over and over and over again. Yeah. Also literally, but you know, you, you, it's just, they're just slight variations on the same story. Um, right. That's not true of The Empire Strikes Back. That's a completely different story than, than, uh. Yeah, I mean, you you are enriching the characters. You, you you the introduction of Yoda and the whole sort of deepening mm-hmm. of the what the forces and the training of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. The the of course the huge mm-hmm. revelation uh, spoilers for any listeners that Darth Vader is Luke's father was uh, just I, I mean I, that moment was just such a what? I, you are literally saying what Luke is saying. No, that's impossible because <laughs> yeah. it just seems like. So that is such a gut punch, and yet when Vader says, search your feelings, you know it's true. Somehow, even as an audience, you're like, it is true! 
and uh, yeah, it's no just, question about it. Yeah, yeah, and the sense of visual wonder uh, with the ATATs uh, or ATATs, depending on your point of view on how that should be pronounced. Uh, on Hoth, um all of that. Cloud I, I just City. yeah, Cloud City, just such a beautiful space. The introduction of Lando, the the twist of that friend, the deepening mm. of Leia and Han's relationship. So it's, uh, I think it's just a beautiful film and kind of amazing giving the sort of daunting task they had to follow up such a cultural phenomenon and to do it so well is just, you know. Do you think that had an influence on you in in picking the timeline for the Freemaker Adventures? Because it seems to land right after Empire, right before Jedi, right? It does. We, We picked that point strictly out of pragmatic purposes. I mean, it worked for our story as well, but we wanted to have, without going beyond the original trilogy, um, we wanted to have as access to as many of the battles from uh, the Star Wars movies as we could we could have. So we so all the that, Clone Wars. We knew we wanted to do something where we'd go to Hoth. We knew we'd want to go to Bespin at some point. Um, so placing it between Empire and Jedi just made... And we wanted to keep the Emperor and Vader. And we wanted to keep the Emperor. Um, so and Vader. having them, you know, an active part that was that was the space in the timeline that we could that it made a lot carve of sense. out. Yeah. Plus, we just, I mean, we love that era. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, getting to record Billy D. Williams for Pete's sake—that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. That was. Now you guys mentioned Vader and the Emperor. Um, in the Freemaker Adventures, they—I mean, the Emperor's got a wicked sense of humor. Darth Vader's got like like some daddy issues he's working through, and it's funny and it works. Uh, and you know, there's been a lot of hubbub recently about the change in solo directors from the guests that are making a comedy. How do you feel when you guys are playing with these normally serious characters when you guys are taking liberties like this? I want any backlash. It, it, it's uh, interesting that you know you, you've got to keep in mind that as much fun as we're having with them, these are the two scariest guys in the galaxy. Um, and we, you know, the Lego form allows us to take some liberties with them, uh, but ultimately we always have to come back to they're evil and they're scary. Um, and I'll say in season two, they get even more evil, and especially Vader gets more scary. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait till the audience gets to see our Vader episodes in season two, because there are some moments that it's like, wow, that is one... Intimidating guy. Intimidating guy, yeah. But at the same time, there's also plenty of goofy stuff in it as well. Uh, You know, our feeling is sort of, as we talk about, that the films show you those critical moments that are grave and, you know, and that kind of thing. And we show you sometimes the parts where, you know, the camera would have, nobody would have filmed this, you know. (laughs) It's sort of like they're talking about lunch or something, you know. Well, and and if you look at the Emperor in, in Return of the Jedi especially... He's got kind of a sense he's, of humor. He's, he's you want this, don't you? Kind of, you know. Oh, I'm afraid we'll be quite safe from your rebel friends here. Yeah, there's, <laughs> some, there's some snark in him, so we're just sort of elevating we're just, that yeah, We're just bit. dialing it up a little more. And Vader, certainly, you know, I, I fall through all the debates around Rogue One. Was Vader too punny? Go back and look at the original films. He's full of, you know... Yeah, the that little kinda. little wry commentary. Um, so you know, again, yeah. we're just pushing Vader just a yeah. little. And bit has a bit of daddy issues in terms of the whole master kind of idea in a way of who he he belongs to. Mm-hmm. I think is somewhat seated there. 
you know, obviously ours is a goofier version uh, on the whole than you would find in the actual canon material, but right. but uh, but not so far. And we we make sure that we keep them menacing. Mm -hmm. They are definitely at, mm -hmm. uh, formidable foes. Right. And they are going to get more so later on in season two. Yeah. 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 yeah there's a there's a scene coming up. Uh, the Emperor stays more or less the Emperor we know and love seen. from our show. Um, but Vader, we're, we, we push him a little darker and a little scarier. Yeah, but there's a scene with he and Rowan where it gets, uh, you know, it's, there's not any, any comedy in it. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty, uh, intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing funny about that. Well, you're going to just have to wait. No more, no more spoilers for you. Yep, yep. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> now, going back a little bit and talking a little about spoilers, looking at season one, one of my favorite things that I loved about season one was some of the loose ends you guys tied up, like Lando's yes. clothes, <laughs> like why he was wearing Han Solo's clothes. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, part of the fun of the show is looking for those tiny little moments because I do remember sitting in the theater going, he's wearing Han's clothes. That's weird. Like, why would he do that? <laughs> yeah, like... And, 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 you know, he, he must have, uh, you know, just gone back to the closet and was like, I can't wear, I lost my cape, I can't wear this blue blouse thing anymore. What's around to wear? <sighs> and, and, you know, a, a, a guy who is as stylish as, as Lando was not going to be satisfied mm -hmm. with the Henley shirt and black vest. That's not him. So, <laughs> so that just sort of suggested, like, you know, a funny little launching point for us. That Lando's got to get back some of That was a brilliant moment in Star Wars history right there. I literally <laughs> laughed out loud. And well, we like that. Cause, applauded. I mean, it's one of those things for, for fans who, you know, if you know the movies really well, that works for you. But you don't have to know. You don't have to know it for it to work. You can just take, no, Lando was really attached to yeah. his cape and he wanted right. it back. So we we try as much as we can uh, to to sort of have it work on those levels that mm -hmm. you don't have to know the the deep dive to get the the comedy out of it or the but joke out of it. But if you do, you're gonna get a little something extra. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And then when watching, I saw a Star Tours ship. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll credit Will film there. I don't think that was anything we wrote into the script. Yeah, I think they I think they did that. They did that, and we were more than happy to see it. <laughs> Will Film is our uh, animation studio in Denmark. Yeah. Like, great people. Do beautiful work. Yeah. Do you, are you guys aware of any um, Easter eggs or anything like that that, you, that haven't been really well known or talked about that you might want to share? Mm. Or drop some clues maybe for us to look for? No, I gotta. I'm sure once we hang up, we'll be like, oh, there was that. But I gotta say, like, Star <laughs> Wars fans are obsessive and they're observant. Um, so. They they catch somebody you know I I, I uh, search Twitter constantly for our show because I'm obsessive that way and I, I'm pretty pleased that like <laughs> everybody gets gets some of the jokes at least like the, yeah. the, there's not much that's slipping by <clears throat> yeah that and that said there's some stuff upcoming of course mm -hmm. in season two that where we do more of that so right. it'll be fun to see how much people uh, catch. Catcher, exactly. Yeah. With Rowan, he you made it a point in season one to not identify him. He does not identify as a Sith or a Jedi, but yeah. a Force builder. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that like a is that like a medium between? Is it a gray Jedi? Have you guys been told to avoid that area? Uh, 
more coming in season two, and that's all we can say without giving away too much. Yes, <laughs> but it was something that was actually Lucasfilm's idea mm-hmm. about um, uh-huh. something that grows out of. I mean, obviously, building being important to Lego, mm-hmm. but feeling that that could also be a part of the 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 mythology, mm-hmm. the Force mythology, and. Anyway, so without going too far, that's kind of mm-hmm. something that was... Uh, cool, cool. Yeah, orig- actually originated with them. Okay. Very cool. So any plans for appearances at Comic-Con coming up in a couple of weeks? Uh, we'll be at Comic-Con, but uh, there's no... Uh, there's there's no nothing official. official. Nothing official. I'm going just as a fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, we, we did our um, big panel at uh, Celebration... Um, I wish we were doing a panel at Comic-Con, but no, there's no plans for that. So, but you, if, but you, if like people you tweet at me and want to buy me a drink, I'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, and you'll know it's Bob because he'll be wearing a Star Wars shirt. Yeah, you don't see many Star Wars shirts at Comic-Con. Yeah, it'll be it'll easy, to, like it'll be easy to find him. Well, I was going to ask, are you still able to walk around freely amongst the public, or have you been noticed a lot now that the Freemakers has been such a big head? No, nobody knows who we are. <laughs> Uh, I did at Celebration, I did get recognized by the pool. I was taking my younger son down to the pool and somebody said, Hey, I was at London Celebration. I saw your panel and you were great. Um, and so, yeah, you know, that was it, nice. Yeah, it's funny. But it, it, is that, it, it is funny because I, uh, a lot of writers and, you know, and animation producers especially, yeah. we tend to be fairly uh, invisible. And I think that's partly why we are... We're not actors. Right, right. <laughs> we are. We tend to. We tend to like being kind of behind the camera and anonymous. So, it's what, what I do enjoy is that moment where you get to people don't know who you are and you get to overhear something or hear their mm-hmm. reaction to yeah. it. And uh, you know, we we one time we're at at uh, a Target store, and the person behind us in line was buying. Uh, the the Lego set of the Star Scavenger, and it was very fun to, you know, that person had no idea who we were, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of nice to know, hey, there's somebody who actually is buying the thing from our show, and it's very cool. And so it's nice when you see people like uh-huh. we had cosplayers at Celebration. Um, there was somebody who made a a life size Roger mm-hmm. that was just yeah. incredible. And uh, you know we had uh, someone who was cosplaying as Rowan, and then the other Freemaker family, and it was uh, it was honoring and fun and flattering, and made you feel just uh, that when it, that our work was connecting, which is always the hope. Because you know we sit here in Bob's guest house, and we write what we think is fun, and we you know go through the animation process, hoping that uh, what we're putting on screen is actually going to please people but then it goes out in the world and you kind of like well who knows i hope that it, it was uh at celebration this year it was very gratifying we we aired our uh first uh full episode of the second season or, or we shit we screened it uh and it was great to just sneak backstage and hear the audience cheer and laugh and gasp and and all all the you know all the rainbow of emotions uh and uh it, it was just you know that's that's not an experience we get all that often so that was really nice to to uh, have yeah the witness that so that was a great gift thank you for everyone who went to the panel and mm-hmm. and responded that's awesome I mean you guys come full circle then you guys were once the uh, 
the Padawan in the theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys taking the time out today. Oh, Patrick, you're very welcome. We were happy to do it. Thanks it for... Fun. You can watch the adventures of Rowan Freemaker and some of the classic characters you love from the original Star Wars movies on the Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures airing on Disney XD. Check your local listings for times. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please make sure to go to our website, geekspeak.tv, to get the latest info on geek news, video games, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel and share us with your friends. Thank you all, and may the Force be with you.